Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And this is part two in the series on healing and owning our story. So part one was all about owning our past. And as I gave you some tips of how to do that and break it down. And again, just to clarify, I am not a regulated therapist. So if you need support, please, please, please reach out and do this. This work is so valuable. I am I'm feeling so called to do this series. And the reason I am is because there's this pretty image of what healing looks like. We sit down, we meditate, we journal a few prompts, we say some affirmations and we're good. And I just don't feel that that is the long-term solution by any means, but that is what is portrayed a lot in the work that we see online and things that are done. So I really want to break down what it can do to heal and own your story. What does that look like to go through the process of healing? So in part one, we talked all about owning our past, um, what our past actions, choices, experiences, what our stories were, how to gain perspective into on the story. Um, the story only ever has the meaning that you give it talked a little bit about the past that you cannot change. I talked about the serenity prayer and with perspective, acknowledgement, forgiveness, surrender, all of these pieces, plus the NLP tools to learn how to heal your help to heal yourself. It can be really, really powerful. So today I want to tap into literally tap into owning your emotions. What does this look like? So owning your emotions, this is a tricky one. And I know that a few years ago when I, well, more than that, five to six years ago, when I was in the thick of this, I would have never, I would have been completely resistant and defensive with this topic. So if this is you give yourself permission, because that's okay. You, that's okay. I actually really believe in sitting in the energy that our subconscious mind will take away the message that it needs. It'll take it away. We're going to hear it. It will land. And that's enough. It's enough. We don't have to take in any more than that. So I want, if you're listening, thank you. I'm so proud of you for being here and I'm grateful for you, but I also want you to give yourself some space that maybe this can be a triggering topic for you. And that's okay. If it's a super triggering topic, then I'm going to say this with the most amount of love. You probably do want to do listen to this episode and maybe do some of the work because I owned the area of being defensive. Good Lord. When I think back to what I was like, I was defensive nonstop. I mean, I looked for fights. I went after fights. I was defensive. I was super, super witty and I, and sarcastic, which I still am now to a, to a degree, 
but it was hundred percent a defense mechanism that it was like push back and fight every single thing that's there. So there's a big distinction between the words of owning and controlling your emotions. I mean, tell me if you like, let me know if this lands. I don't like the word controlling because we aren't robots. We are feeling moving emotional human beings that are facing, especially at this time, things that we had never, ever seen before. So this is a lot for our nervous systems to take in. When you figure, I mean, our phones are an incredible device that we can do so many things with, but at the same time, we are seeing live, like live footage of incredible things happening that are scary and so disruptive for our nervous system. It's that fine line of how do I stay informed, but how do I not consume it all? It's a dance. It's a dance. And some days I think I've got it figured out and some days I don't, but I do want to give you permission to tap in and listen to what your nervous system and your emotions are telling you. So owning and recognizing what you're feeling, not trying to control it. The other example that I can use with this is I've had a number of friends, very close friends go through grief and loss right now. And when you're going through grief and loss, it is not as simple as you get to a certain point and you're good. You can be in a space where you're doing something one day and feel like really good. Everything feels, and all of a sudden something reminds you and the wave comes over, the tears come in and it like just takes over you. You might feel like, what if I thought I healed and I thought I worked through it. That's not how it works. Emotions will flood you at different times. Because certain stimuli will provoke some of those memories and thoughts that are there. So I think that when it comes to it, please thinking of it, maybe that maybe there's a different word for you. For me, owning it allows me to take responsibility for it, not in a shaming way, but just taking responsibility for it, but not controlling it. The words controlling it. I mean, we spent, a lot of us have spent most of our lives shoving it down. And I just don't think that that's the answer for anything. So if we can identify and break down and take responsibility for our emotions, that is when we can create change. This requires, here's some key words, listening, curiosity, not judging, not resenting, accepting, empathy, compassion, and understanding. Meet yourself where you're at and understand you're a human, you're a human being, not a robot, you're a being, you're here going through all of the life changes and stimulus all at the same time. There's a lot of moving parts. So learning how to own our emotions and our responses and our triggers is one way that we can change how we respond instead of reacting towards different experiences that trigger these emotions. The reaction is where a lot of energy goes. That's where a lot of energy goes. So let me just break it down for you. I've got some key steps here that can help to walk you through this. So first, Learning how to identify your emotions, like what triggers you, what patterns, what responses can you teach that that are teaching you a lot about yourself? Where can you learn to recognize your emotional patterns, what you are feeling and not focusing on controlling it and identifying these feelings, getting curious, journaling, unpacking, and seeing how you can learn to heal and change these responses. If you are constantly, constantly being intensely triggered by things in your environment, whether it is people you follow on social media, people in your real life, people in your family. If you're constantly having that heightened sense of trigger, you're not in an environment where you're being supported. Maybe you you need to find some different people around you. Two, you are skipping over the steps of healing some of those emotions of unpacking and healing them. And third, maybe you're missing some boundaries. 
like maybe there's some boundaries that are missing because we all have people who are going to push those buttons, but we decide how much exposure they get to us. And this is a tricky thing. You, I say, talk about boundaries all the time here on the show is when I choose not to be around somebody, it is not me saying that they are wrong and I am better. That's not boundaries. It is me saying that brings up something in me that I don't choose to be around, or that sucks a lot of energy out of me. And I don't choose to be around that. And when we are in points of low energy, like low emotional energy, we have to be very mindful because that is definitely a time where we do not want, we really want to make sure we have boundaries in place. So again, how can we get more curious and identify these feelings and recognize what are the search situations, the people, the circumstances that are bringing these things up? And what are these things? How can I unpack them to learn how to heal them? Two, by encouraging your emotions with curiosity, empathy, acceptance, you can shift your focus from criticizing yourself or building a case against someone else to help to understand yourself more, like building a case that is when they change, this is when this is going to get better. And teaching yourself how to take more actions in line with what you want, thereby recognizing that you have way more power in your own life than you think. You truly, truly do. So can you get curious with those emotions, curious with your responses, curious with the empathy or lack of empathy that you're giving yourself, curious with the acceptance or the lack of acceptance that you're giving yourself? Very, very powerful steps there. Three, own and take responsibility for your feelings. This is really important. And I want to stop here for a second. This is without shame, without judgment, without criticism. I'm just talking about awareness. Own and take responsibility for your feelings. And when you are learning to speak and communicate with others, can you do it in the first person, not in a defensive manner? So let me give you an example. Any of my audience that have been married for a while, you will understand this one. When your spouse does something that frustrates you, you could come at them in the space of you, 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 you don't do this. You don't have my back. You don't support me. That's blame. You might not hear it. You might not realize it, but it's blame. When you speak from a space of blame at someone, that is not to someone that's at someone. When you speak from a space of blame at someone, what do they do? Well, what do you do when somebody speaks to you that way? Because I know what I do. I get defensive. I get 100%, I get 100% defensive, like over the top defensive. So don't speak at someone. Instead, learn how to speak in first person. And that means when you do this, this is how I feel. I would appreciate some support with this because X, Y, Z. Could you please help me out with this? I would... I would love to feel more valued. I would love to feel like I'm being heard. I would really appreciate support. Can you speak in that sense? Because that is a, if you can hear my words and language, that's a complete shift from blame, right? That is speaking in first person blame. I guarantee you, I don't actually don't care who you are, your personality that nobody changes when we take that energy, no change happens, no constructive change happens. And it's a big shift that is not taking ownership of your emotions. Now, (laughs) do I do this perfectly and hit it out of the park? Oh my God, no. Ask my husband. I do not. I am working on it all the time and I do get better, but that's like better with many, many decades of practice. 
If you are somebody who has been continuously told to bury your emotions, suck it up, throw it under the rug and stop complaining. Hello, this, 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 these are the words that I grew up with. It's just what we did. It was a sign of the time. Suck it up, keep going. This can be a really difficult process for you to work through because you might not even know what you're feeling. You might not even understand what those feelings are because you've never stopped to even think about them. You've never stopped to listen. I can tell you right now, suppression does not work. The Body Keeps the Score is a fantastic book. We hold on to trauma in our bodies, and it doesn't have to be a physical trauma. It can be emotional trauma. It can be things that we haven't processed. We haven't been given the permission or tools to process it. We haven't even thought to even look at it. That becomes like we're just shoving these emotions down over and over and over, and it affects our nervous system. So suppression does not work. It's a band-aid approach and a really bad band-aid approach. It does not lead to lasting change. Looking for professional help can be a huge source of support. I have done this multiple times in my own life. Honestly, I have. If there's anything I can say about um, kids and parenting, I wish that people, um, kids could be exposed to counseling at a younger age and different forms of counseling. It doesn't have to be a straight up um, counseling session. I've actually done a number of different things over the years. And for me personally, my personality, I found like crisis counseling was the best because I didn't want to sit and talk about my emotions. I wanted to know how to move and crisis work helped for me. So be open to all of the different things that are available because you need to find something that can support you in this process. But if you've spent years suppressing what you're feeling, it's actually hard to unpack it because you don't even know how to process that and how to feel it. So this is also where the power of subconscious reprogramming can really help to heal like limiting thoughts, limiting beliefs, behaviors, just cut the bottom part of that iceberg that's responsible for 95 to 99% of our thoughts and beliefs. We have to heal that. We have to change that. And in the process, we do become different people and it can be really, really transformative. So I hope that this has helped. Please know I'm not trying to just unpack this and then leave you open and vulnerable. I want you to get curious. I want you to think about and ask, like, what are those feelings that keep coming up? Because for me, in like the last episode that we did, I have a story box, story blocks quiz that is in the show notes. Please feel free to go to it. It helps you with what your default pattern is. And whether that's the fighter or perfectionist, hider, victim, or people pleaser, When you really start to unpack this, you will see trends. You will see repeat patterns that you've done. For me, all I did for years was fight. I literally fought every single thing, whether it was my fight or not, whether I was, it just, it exhausts me to even think about it. That's all I did. I didn't know any other way. And in doing so, I didn't allow myself to feel. I was also very praised for being the strong one. And when you're praised for being the strong one, you subconsciously feel that when I sit and feel those emotions, like now I'm weak and I can't be weak. Like if I'm the strong one, I can't be weak. That means stopping and slowing down and listening to what your body is saying. And that means that also recognizing as humans, we can literally eat the same thing every day, rest the same, work out the same, do everything the same. And some days we wake up and feel like we can take on the world. And other days we wake up and think, God, I hope I make it through today we're human beings. We change every single day. 
So owning your emotions also means going internal on a regular basis. So one of the last things I want to leave with you is that many people have said, like, what are the things that you do every day that fix your day for you or set your day? I know that this is not the best explanation, but for me, it, it is going internal every day. I know my body needs movement every day. It needs movement. That form of movement can change every day. It can be weights. It can be mobility. It can be stretching. It can be long nature walks. It can be riding a bike. It can be yoga. It can be a mix of things. It's listening to what I need and owning how I feel. So I might've been waking up with like a great pump to do a great weight workout. And I start to move and I'm like, I just don't have it. But so how can I move and honor my body for where it's at? That is listening to your emotions. That is listening to your emotions, getting to bed earlier because you need the rest. That is listening to your emotions, giving your body the nutrients that it needs because you are doing all kinds of stuff all back to back and you're busy. That is listening to your emotions. That is super powerful when you can learn how to honor, get curious, respect, meet yourself with compassion, understanding, empathy, and acceptance. That is when you can start to find more more and more of your own personal power. And that is what I want for you. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here for this is part two of owning your emotions. We're gonna do some deep dive in this stuff because the reason is is that I really want to unpack that owning your story is not as simple as standing up and say, I own my story. How can you heal? those past patterns so that you can own your story from a much more grounded space. And when you're a person who says, okay, I want to write my story. I want to be a coach. I want to be a podcaster. I want to do those things. You got to do the work to heal. You have to do the work to heal. You can't just band-aid it. I think we all agree that we're all done with that approach. It just does not work. So I'm sending you lots and lots of love. Thank you for being here for this series. And I would love to know how it's landing. So I would love it if you tag me and share on social media, because it helps me to know that this is supporting you at this time. Have an incredible, incredible day. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.